Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. Well, once again, welcome to Middle Age Warriors. And look who's a little bit older since the last time we were together. Oh, boy. Uh, both of us, actually. <laughs> But yeah, uh, let, me, let me tell you, um, I need a vacation after that vacation. Yeah, I definitely feel middle-aged now. Yeah. I just remember you left on a Friday back in early July. I think you were here for the 4th, right? Or no, not? it was it, it was the Friday before the 4th. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you were leaving that night, mm-hmm. and I, I checked my, I guess I looked on Facebook and started to see some of the drama of your <laughs> flight late getting out of LaGuardia, heading to Miami to yeah. transfer to a flight to, uh, is it Lima? Lima, or, yeah, Lima, Peru, from yeah. Miami to Lima, so, right, right. He's Chris Amino, I'm Rick Summers. Welcome to Middle Age Warriors. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, you're really a warrior at this point, and I think Peter Greenberg would be proud of, <laughs> of the stripes that you earned through this journey. Yeah, he, he might give me one stripe for this one, uh, you know, but this is a horror story that so many people are dealing with now. And I guess, you know, I was just another victim, but it's it, the, the point about all of it is basically the airlines are understaffed yeah, and there's not the greatest sense of communication that goes on. And, and that I think was part of the problem. You know, we really got to the gate before our flight in Miami was to take off and the plane was still there, but the gate is closed. They technically closed the gate, I believe 10 or 15 minutes before the time that it's supposed to be, you know, departing. But uh, the person at the gate, there was like seven or eight of us gasping for air because we came running across the airport to get onto the plane and he refused to let any of us on. And it, um, you know, you know, I've spoken to other people in, in the industry and they claim that when a plane can leave on time, you know, relatively speaking, what their on time schedule is, they don't get penalized for being late. Right. So, right. Yeah. So the fact that the gates closed and they were ready to depart. Now, that plane sat there, by the way, for another 20 minutes. Yeah. Which, you know, lends to the fact that it was the same airline that we weren't transferring from one airline to another. When we got were getting off the plane in Miami, the pilot who, by the way, we had an exceptional pilot from LaGuardia to um, Miami, kept us informed the entire time. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But we had 50 people on the plane who needed to make connections in Miami. And he announced when we pulled into the gate, he said, look, we have 50 people on this plane who have connections. If you don't have one, please stay seated and let them off first. Do you think that happened? Well, the problem (laughs) is you are coming from New York. So you were (laughs) surrounded by New Yorkers who, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Yeah, that would piss me off. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, that's your problem, not mine. I'm getting off the plane. You know, I don't yeah. care. Uh, yeah, but I'm the, going to get my margarita. Exactly. But there were really interesting things about you don't realize. And, and I've learned more and more now when you're, you know, you, you you come out of the gate, let's say. And when we first pulled out at LaGuardia, he's like, well, we're number 22 or 23 in line. OK, right. fine. Then you're moving along and suddenly we got shut down because of weather. Now you've got 10 or 15 planes ahead of you now. You know, you're kind of into the whole aviation thing. You did a little, you, you worked at an airport for a while, correct? Right. Okay. So planes need to have an X amount of reserved fuel 
right. before they take off because in case they have a problem in the landing scenario, they have to circle, they, they need to have that. Once they go under that amount of reserve fuel, they've got to go leave. back to the gate. Yeah, right. they, they can't, can't leave. leave. So you're sitting on a runway now for an hour, an hour and a half. And if you're running the plane and you're running that engine, you're burning fuel. So our guy was smart enough to shut down. He turned off everything, which granted you're like, oh God, there's no air coming into this aluminum tube sitting on a runway in the middle of July, but but it's, uh, but it didn't get too uncomfortable. But because of that, there were several planes in front of us that ended up having to go back, refuel and get back in line again. We were able to then take off that we weren't super, super late, but apparently too late to make the connection, obviously. But yeah. uh, but I thought from the pilot standpoint, I thought that was that was pretty savvy. That was pretty smart. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That is smart. I mean, you know, obviously it's a guy who's got uh, a lot of... Uh a lot of runway under his wheels yeah. over the years. Who yeah. knows? Who knows the bet? And getting out of LaGuardia on a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. or evening yeah. is no, pardon the expression, day at the beach no, to and, begin with. Yeah. And on the 4th of July weekend. Well, let me ask you this question, though. How do you feel when you're on a plane and you, you're not taking off? Like you're suddenly, you, you taxied and now nothing's happening and you're waiting and you're waiting and, and they don't communicate. Don't you think I, a pilot should communicate? Breakdown. That's the breakdown is, and it's the breakdown in any industry is this lack of communication. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, we want to, you know, it's, it's a TV station saying, you know what, Chris, you've been great, but we just want to make some changes. You know, they're not really communicating other than the fact that here's the door. Don't right. let it hit you on the way out. Yeah. But for airlines now, um, and I think that this is true across the board, it feels like less is more the less they say the less likely they are to be scolded or sued yeah Um, and it's just it's really unfortunate and i think a lot of it is the fact that people just don't know you know that there's such a filter down Mm -hmm. of information that needs to be disseminated right and um i think that because people don't know so they don't say anything therefore less is more you know, yeah, but that's, but, that's but a theory. A, yeah, but as a passenger, you know, you're sitting there and, and then all things start to go through your head and nobody's communicating anything to you. If it, I feel at least some knowledge of what's about to happen or is happening, now I understand why we're where we right. are and I can get myself prepared for the fact, hey, I may be thrown back and dumped back at the gate here in a little while. Uh, I may not be able to get that connection. Maybe I can communicate to somebody who's ahead. Hey, I might not be there now, you know, and I think that communication, that respect, you know, should be honored. And, and quite often it's not. And that's why with this particular pilot, you know, I, I thought it was very nice of him. You know, at one point he comes down, he goes, well, there's no way to put a pretty face on this. What's that? It's uh, putting lipstick on a pig. Exactly. That's pretty yeah. much what he said. And it was, but you had to, but then, you know, that kind of levity at least adds to, Hey, he's in this game with us too. And he's human. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, yeah. he's not thrilled about this either. He wants us to get to where we want to get on time. He's not, you know, but when they don't talk to you, it, it, it feels like there's an arrogance or there's this thing of like, well, we don't need to tell them in the in the rest of the plane what's going on. And and that's a little disconcerting. But, you know, and there's I've heard, you know, them, them my luggage was was lost for two days. It was a whole oh long winded thing. But, you know, I've heard worse stories. Yeah, I mean, there are worse stories. And the bottom line is, you know, you got there. Uh, right. Just not as smoothly as you'd planned right. or as you'd anticipated. But the bottom line is, and I say this a lot because, you know, I'm a big fan of flying. And I think about all the bitching and moaning we do about seat assignments and this, that and the other. But look out that window at 37,000 feet while you're sipping on your martini or whatever. Mm. And think about the wonder of the fact that, God, a couple of hours ago, I was in New York having mm. breakfast. And now I'm sitting at 38,000 feet. And I know I sound like a little bit naive when I say that, but it, it, it's really pretty amazing. And one of the, the our ground holds, yeah. they would rather you stay on the ground where you are than be up in the air, circling around, hmm. not sure where you're going to land. <laughs> right. You know. Well, you know, and I get, I get that. I get that to a degree as well, but obviously it's frustrating. There have been, there have been cases where, Apparently, the the pilot is only allowed X amount of time that they can be in the air and right. on a shift. So right. if they get stuck on the runway waiting to take off and suddenly when they land, they're past their, their schedule a lot of time, they've got to come back to the gate, dump those people. And if there's no backup pilot, and often there isn't, those people are on their own now to find out a way to get to their planned destination. And that's what's really unfair that the airlines are, are doing in some cases to people. But to your other point, you're, you're so right. Uh, and I don't think it's naive. And I think everybody should understand the miracle of flight still. And it yeah. is amazing. And I am never, I, I, I am never ceased to be amazed by it. And this particular flight, this is my first time to South America. And you start going over the Andes. Yeah. From 35,000 feet up and you start to look down and oh my God, like yeah. what a beautiful planet, what a perspective, what a bird's eye view, how lucky we are to live in an era and a time where we could, we could do that. Where you can do what you did. Yeah. Freaking amazing. It really is amazing. It well, really and is. now I want to stop you and just say the pictures you sent from your journey were spectacular. Absolutely amazing. Well, I didn't make that. I didn't make that nature. I just, I just took what was around me. But yeah, but yeah, it, it was, it, it was stunningly beautiful. How uh, blue was that sky? I couldn't. I, I kept. Well, I'm trying to tell people, like, I'm not touching these pictures up. The sky is this blue, and from going to Machu Picchu to Rainbow Mountain to uh, this desert oasis, Huacachina, and you know, through the desert. One scene was more spectacular than the other. You really started to feel like you weren't on the same planet anymore. It is. And yeah. that's the beauty. And that's the beauty of travel. And to your point, it's like literally, yes, I got delayed. But a, a few hours later, I'm in this place. Like, I know I was just sitting in my apartment in the Bronx a few hours ago. Like, yeah. How does this happen? And it's amazing. Yeah. It really is amazing. And yeah. uh, we're very, we're very fortunate, very blessed. But this so was just this, this amazing journey. Let me ask you this, because you know, as we get older and we hear the term bucket list, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure when that became popular, um, but we all refer to it because it's something we understand. It's something you check off your list. Mm -hmm. Was this one of those trips that was on your list? 
Yeah, it, it was primarily Peru. You know, I was driven to Peru primarily by Machu Picchu. I, I used to see pictures and video of it. And I was there was something about it. I just felt like I've got to be there one day. I have to experience this. I have to see this for myself. And to be there, to be perfectly honest, it was one of those moments that it still didn't really sink in when I was there. And it was so spectacular in terms of the weather and the visibility that day that it people would say to me, are you taking that picture in front of a green screen with a picture of Machu Picchu <laughs> behind you? Because it, it it looked that fake. But there's a peacefulness there. There's a there's an energy. Uh, some of the places we went to throughout that whole region, from Cusco uh, and and then south uh, towards uh, Rainbow Mountain, which is the one thing I have to say: the elevation kicks your butt big time. Yes, it does. It's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lima's on the coast, so you land, you're fine, not a problem. You get to Cusco, the city itself is at 12,000 feet. Oh, my you, goodness. You bend down to put your shoes on, you get up, and you're yeah. out of breath, and you can't figure out why. <laughs> it's like, you know, and Rainbow Mountain at the top is 17,000 feet. Um, so it really is like you're 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 climbing with a, a load of bricks on your chest the entire How time. How do you get to the top of Rainbow Mountain? Well, again, this is interesting because um, – I spoke to three other people that I knew personally who had done it and they all walked it the entire way. They hiked oh it the entire way. And they said, take the horse. <laughs> don't, don't be a fool like me. Take the horse. Take and I the thought, pen, Jerry, take the, yeah, pen. take the pen, take the pen, take the horse. So we, we took the horse, but the thing about taking the horse is, first of all, you've got to hike a certain distance to get to the horse. Then you get to the horse. The horse kind of does the middle range of the of the hike. Ultimately, to get to the top, it's extremely steep and it's something but these kind of handmade stone steps, you know, in, in, into right. the landscape. Uh, and it goes very vertical at that point. There's no horse that's going to do that. So you still have to do that, um, which, which I did. And But it's, you know, literally got to the point you're looking up and I turned to, you know, Edme and I said, she looked at it. She's like, I don't think I can do that. And I said, let's do five steps at a time and just stop. And that's what you do. You take it in little small increments. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, crap, I'm up at the top. I made it. And you literally look to one side and it's Rainbow Mountain. You virtually touch it, these beautiful bands of uh, different colors in the sand of this mountain. And then you look to the left and there's another mountain with a glacier on top of it right there. Yeah. It's just it's ridiculous. It's, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've climbed and I've hiked in the Alps, but I don't think I've ever been at 17,000 feet. And I can't even imagine, you know, what that's like. Yeah. This, this one's up there. The highest I'd ever been was, was in Colorado, close to 10,000 feet. And yeah. it, that didn't really impact me too much, but this one was really tough. I mean, there are people, well, here's the funny thing about you talk middle-aged warriors, right? So it was another couple and, and Ed, me and myself, I was the oldest by, you know, almost almost 10 years on Edme and probably 15 years on the other two. Well, guess who was the only one who didn't go down at some point from uh, altitude sickness or any other sickness? It was the old guy. It was oh, good. It, was, it was this 60 plus year old that that uh, somehow came through, knock on everything unscathed. But uh, everybody else had bouts of of altitude sickness or stomach issues. And yeah. No, so it was, tough. it was tough. It was tough. It, it, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I will it's, say this. Have you ever been in a desert? Yeah. Yeah. Where, 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 where? 
Uh, just in in Arizona. In Arizona, okay. But like out into the dunes, sort of, or just sort of flat? No, but I saw the video that you sent. Uh, were you sledding on the dunes? Well, they, they do the sledding on the dunes, but they do, the, they do also this dune buggy ride, which actually is a lot worse than the sledding. And it's literally, you know, this guy's flooring this dune buggy. You're going up the side of a dune, and all you see you lose, there's no sky. There's just right. sand because it's like a vertical. And then you got to come down on the other side of that, bouncing and twisting. I really thought it was going to, that was the end. I, I thought I was- Did you done. blow lunch? I, oh my God. I really was, I was done. I'm, I, 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 and they were all, oh, this is so much fun. And I'm like, no, it's not. My body is being tossed around very unruly right now. I felt violated, but I have to say we did it at sunset and to watch the sun set over the desert, uh, oh my God. Another surreal, quiet, so super quiet moment. Hey, can I interrupt you for one sec? Please. You're listening to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. He's Chris Amino. I'm still Rick Summers. Yes, we're is. a little bit older than the last time that we were here doing our show. And we are talking today about Chris's incredible bucket list trip that he is just back from uh, ah, a few days ago uh, down to Peru. And what I like to refer to as the from the Jew and Italian standpoint, matzah pizza. Matzah pizza. Machu pizza. Matzah pizza. I like that. Yeah. Machu Picchu. You know, and that whole thing too is an amazing story in the the Inca, you know, uh, civilization. There's the whole Inca trail and stories behind that. And, you know, Machu Picchu was basically inundated for 400 years and covered over by nature. And somebody stumbled across a little something and like, what is this under the dirt here? And they unearthed this whole Inca city, if you will. And really, they preserve 70% of it. They had to repair 30%, but 70% is purely the original from, you know, five, six, 700 years plus ago. It's Please tell me that Trump hasn't built a hotel there. I, had, I didn't see any Trump signs anywhere uh, in the Inca Trail. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, he might be going under another name there. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's but the whole thing, the whole thing was simply amazing. By the way, I, I should also I want to thank you um, the last couple of weeks stepping in and, and filling the filling the void here on Middle Age Warriors. And you've had you. a couple of really I good guests. Uh, by yeah. the way, summer reading. Uh, I did get the book from our guest, Stephen Manchester. Oh, good. The, Which the one menu, did you get? The menu. Oh, you did? Yeah. I just finished I, it last okay. week. Yeah, yeah, I just I just started it. Uh, it seems like a good read. Did you enjoy it? I'd be interested to know what you think. And I've got his other book here that he sent me called Ashes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, God, he's doing his part to try and educate, educate us, educate. as Howard Stern used to say. Right. I, I tend to read more than one book at a time when I start. So I'm also, although this is kind of an easy pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Um, my daughter had given me, um, I guess it was for Father's Day, the Paul McCartney lyrics A to Z. Yeah. And, and that's really fascinating to, you know, in his words, uh, hear what was behind some of these classic songs and sometimes you're like uh really that's that's how you came up with eight days a week or you know those kinds of things so you know uh, that's always a fun read i wish uh becker and fagan and steely dan would do that because Mm. i love steely dan uh but their lyrics have always left me in a bit of a quandary yeah trying to understand what the hell they're talking about never gonna do it without the fez (laughs) but but there are a lot of artists like that they yeah 
you know, lyrically, you know what your interpretation is, or sometimes you don't even have one because you're so confused and you have to wonder like, well, where was that coming from? You know, let's get inside their head. And it was, it's kind of nice that, you know, all after all these years, Paul sat down and really started to share all this stuff. And apparently Linda, you know, McCartney's first wife, uh, she kept all these little notes and scribbles that he had, and she kept them in a scrapbook for years and years and years. So he had that also to go back to, which is, which oh, that's is great. Kind of you know what? I'm going to ask you when you're done with it. I'd like to read that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, and it's cool because it's just literally, you know, at bedtime, I'll, I'll go through five or six songs, it's a few pages each and find out the background behind them and just the relationship between him and, and John and, and the rest of the, you know, the Beatles. And it's, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good, fun, easy read. It's not heavy before you go to bed. So uh, can you, you know, fill, can you just fill me in and I am the walrus cuckoo cuckoo. I didn't get to that yet, but that's going to be interesting when I do. I, <laughs> now you're going to make me look ahead tonight before I go to bed to, to check that, to check that out. But uh, other than that, I mean, you know, now we're entering week four of New York living starting tomorrow. And that's, that's yeah, why did I ask you, how was your descent or re-descent <laughs> back into reality or descent back into reality? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, to New York, it, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because by the second or third day in, you feel like you never left. You're like, yeah, Oh, no. it's this again. Uh, but I think the show itself, I, I'm having a blast doing it. It's something I've always wanted to do. It's, it's light. It's fun. Nothing. Can you just explain for anybody that just made tuning in for the first mm -hmm. time, sure. not knowing what New York living is. Right. So on, on PIX uh, channel 11 in New York, uh, which is also the CW uh, network, we have a lifestyle show starting at 10 a.m. It goes from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And it is what it is, a lifestyle show, meaning it can cover anything from you know, the, the latest uh, topics in what's going on in terms of entertainment, what's going on in terms of fashion, what's happening in terms of travel, what's happening in terms of, of, you know, what we're wearing or not wearing these days, what's hot, what's not in all the different industries, food, wine, you name it. And we just have a lot of laughs. We do some food tasting. We just did a macaroni and cheese cook off yeah. between me and um, Maddie Saul Castro, my, my co-host uh, hers came out of a box. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, that was an easy win for me, but it's, it's just a fun, lighthearted show. And we try to get audience participation. We always have a big question of the day. We ask people uh, to send in some, some positive video or moments that they see, send it to us. We'll show it on the air. It's, it's the antithesis of what a newscast is. We want you to walk away feeling good. And I think, uh, I, I hope we achieve that. The ratings have been great so far. And, and you know, tell some friends. The audience is growing. It's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pix11. You can stream it. You can DVR it. But it's Monday through Friday. Again, Pix11 from 10 a.m. to 11. That's great. I mean, you were born for this. And it's, you know, shame on NBC for, for not taking advantage of all the talent that you have. They did for a long time. But uh, this is, you are such a lifestyle person and such a New York person that this is, uh, this is really a nice fit for you. So well, I I'll waited. let you say those words and I appreciate them very much. Well, I, listen, I know you waited a long time to figure out what the fit was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and even when it looked like this might be the fit, we weren't sure. But right. uh, it seems like it's working out nicely for you. Yeah. Everything and, feels, uh, everything feels really good. And it feels good. Uh, although I think, they're about to lose today. The Mets are at least going into the all-star break in first place still <laughs> by yeah. the skin of their teeth, which is, uh, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing, I guess. Uh, but for you, in terms of through this summer, how are you feeling so far with the summer? 
You happy with uh, it? It's been good. I mean, the weather's actually been pretty cooperative. I was looking at some of the statistics on TV about uh, like heat wave days. And mm. the fact is, it's been a relatively cool. I mean, that's relative. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just hasn't been oppressive and brutal like it's going to be in New York this right. week. I was going to say, understand. yeah, exactly. I was going to say, well, it's finally coming. I mean, we had a mini heat wave last week, three days of right. 90, 91 and 90, those kinds of things. But we're talking uh, mid 90s and we're talking heat index of, of 100 to 105. And that's that's ugly heat. That's that's ugly hot stuff. So you we're going to get there. You've always been my wife, who I rely on and who I adore. Um, but I got to tell you, um, your universe of weather people, I, I love them all. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm such a fan. Well, first of all, you know, I've known Irv, who you work with at Channel yeah. 11. I've known Irv forever, oh, sure. Mr. G. Um, Lonnie on Channel 2 is one of my friends. And I've become a huge fan of Lee Goldberg on Channel 7. Probably with the best in the business. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and uh, really just... Uh, I also like uh, uh, Vanessa Murdoch on Channel mm-hmm. 2. I on think CBS. she's doing a great job. No, she, I didn't even know she's a Long Island kid. Yep, she's a local. No, there, yeah. there's, a lot of great, there's, a, there's a lot of good people out there. And, and let's know. not forget our good friend Nick Gregory. Of course. And Nick, yeah. Nick's been around also forever, almost as long as G. Not quite, but, but I think almost. Yeah. And Craig Allen. Yeah, and Craig, obviously, uh, has been on CBS yeah. for forever as well. You know what? I would love to get all you guys together at the 92nd Street Y. And just have a, a chat mm. and, and host it because that would be my my a chance to shine or or at least uh, have show the your, microphone. Show and your I weather nerdiness, all you guys. Yeah, I just think it would be it would be a lot of fun to tell weather stories. No, that could be that could be a, actually a great show. You should try to pitch that. I will. get on that, will you? Come yeah, on, really. Real quick before we before we say goodbye. So the last time I think I spoke with you, uh, you were just beginning to scratch the surface and maybe write some notes. How is this book writing coming along? You know what? It's it's really starting to make some headway. I finally oh, figured out how to dictate my notes, which nice. I've been writing for probably fifteen years, uh, into my computer. But the problem is the Microsoft system. It's like I'll read and then I'll stop for a second and just uh, pause to figure out where I am. And then mm-hmm. it shuts off. And so I have to restart it. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's been really helpful. Um, I'm working on a title for the book. Mm-hmm. Um, working on people who I'm going to uh, help me edit it and proof it. And it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm getting there. I'm getting it down. Right. Again, five steps at a time. You know, you can't look at the whole big final picture because it becomes too much. But when you take little, little steps at a time, I'm excited. I, I, I really, I'm rooting for you. Um, Thank you. And and I'll be the first in line for that, for that autograph signed copy, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be knocking at your door to get on uh, New York living on. Exactly. To promote it. That's right. Well, yeah. Yeah, One hand washes the other here, bud. You know that, you know, Irv talked to me years ago, said, you know, I want to do a feature on you because he does G thing on channel yeah, 11. Right. And he, he's always been a big fan of mine in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, 
toting the MS baggage. Yes. Right. You know, wherever it is, I have to go. Herb has always been very supportive and very mm-hmm. loving, and I really appreciate that. So, yeah, uh, I'll count on you guys to get me on the air so we can yeah. talk about my book when I, I finally get it done. I'm going to kick that one forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, I think we got a couple of guests relatively soon lined up. We're going to see what we can do. Uh, summer's kind of tough to to get people and reel them in. Yeah. You know, they're off doing their own thing. But uh, hopefully we will. And it was nice to rejoin you on this. Next, we I have to get to rejoin you in person and maybe we'll do lunch or dinner somewhere. And uh, Yeah, let's let's talk because uh, this week I think that we, if we could get together and, and raise a glass or two, that would probably be a good thing. Sounds like a plan. All right. Any last thoughts? Uh, no. I hope uh, I, July 4th's in the rearview mirror. Next that, stop, Labor Day. As you would say, <laughs> summer's over already. Yeah, Valerie's already said that, yeah. Summer's over already. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been oh, to the beach what, once, so how, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'll get a little summer yet. We'll see. Either way, the one thing I do want to report, and you'll be happy to know, is her film is edited. It's it's done. They're shopping ah, it around. All right. So uh, so we're getting there. Big round and of applause. The, and and the and of course the film uh, was based on the writings of Stephen Manchester, Manchester who was, who's read who you know you're reading his book. I'm reading his other book, yeah. and he was on our show uh, last month. So that's exciting. Anyway, Looking it's all to good. I uh, yeah. hope everybody's summer is going okay. And thanks again for uh, tuning in. He's Chris, I'm Rick, this is Middle-Aged Warriors, and uh, be good, feel good. And Sunshine always. There you go. All right. And of course, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online. Woo-hoo. <laughs>